following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? This is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Well, we made a streak of one. <laughs> one straight with all three of us here in the uh, SWBC Mortgage Studio for Mick Shots. But today, it's myself, Mickey Spagnola, Everson Walls, mm-hmm. and Bill Jones. I think he's been burning rubber or something. <laughs> he said he had a tire problem. And you guys thought it would be me, didn't you? Right. If anybody was going to miss, oh, yeah, it's going to be Everson. So and, and, you know, he had to go to the tire place to get it fixed or get more tires. I'm not sure. And you know how long that takes. So uh, Bill should join us shortly, hopefully. Uh, and in the meantime, Everson and myself will try to hold down the fort here as the Cowboys uh, are into the off season with strength and conditioning going on. Uh, this weekend, Friday and Saturday, the rookie mini camp will take place. It'll be interesting to see uh, just how much they're allowed to do uh, out on the field. Uh, I know ever since it's basically going to be individual drills, the position guys. You can't go up against each other uh, during this uh, mini camp, but it is a mandatory mini camp. So they should have around, let's see, 13 undrafted free agents, mm-hmm. 11 draft choices, and a couple veterans. So somewhere, or guys, let's put it this way, they were on the team. Uh, last year, I think uh, Ben DiNucci qualifies. They they need a quarterback to yeah. be able to uh, you know throw passes to wide receivers. So probably 25, 26 guys uh, will be out there uh, this weekend. So uh, that certainly is uh, going on. I think since last we uh, spoke on mix shots, uh, the Cowboys had a visit from quarterback Jeff Driscoll. Mm. And while everybody was all excited that he was going to sign, immediately, uh, I think after he got here, the Cowboys found, or they probably already knew, the rest of us found out that he had more visits to take. Oh, so Jeff is like, so, he's the stud now. He's Yeah, right. He, he's the pretty, he's Cinderella. <laughs> the guy, that, wants to take the guy that's, uh, he's searching for his 15, fifth team since being drafted in the sixth round of 2016. Wow. So uh, we'll see where that one goes. Uh, That was always going to be, I think, a financial thing. How much can the Cowboys offer him? Um, I mean, he's only started nine games, so I don't know that that uh, is the the prerequisite to be a veteran backup quarterback, but at least he's been in the league. Tell tell me something about him. What's up with Jeff Driscoll? I must admit I am in the dark here. Yeah, he just never – I don't know if it was recognition uh, because, you know, when he he transferred from Florida to Louisiana Tech – Yes. Uh, he had a really, right down the street. Oh, a, oh Ruston, Ruston, yeah, Louisiana. Yeah, he had a he had a nice season there. Uh, you know, threw the ball well. Um, but from from my understanding, arm strength wasn't a problem. It was just more of recognition and seeing things. And 
Um, so we'll see where, where that one goes. That's one of the things the Cowboys still need to take care of uh, is figure out who that backup uh, quarterback is going to be. They have their own uh, three candidates still with uh, Ben DiNucci, Cooper Rush, and Garrett Gilbert. Uh, and another veteran potential backup got resigned. Blaine Gabbert uh, resigned <laughs> with the Bucks. So, oh, not coming here, huh? So he's, uh, he's not going to stay. He's not taking stick a, around. They actually gave him a two and a half million dollar base salary for one year. Um, God, it is so nice to be a quarterback, right? Man. Oh my goodness! And the best you thing is, if to be you just don't have to play. <laughs> yes, just you know, get used to the clipboard, and when it's time to play, you go out there and you just kind of stink up the joint. And they're like, "No, no, your best place is over here with the clipboard." Right. Instead of off the team, no, you're gonna stick around with the clipboard as a quarterback. How many defensive backs do you see sticking around after they've gotten toasted just, by just, two or three touchdowns? Kind of hang out. Right. Hey, 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 just go over there and, and, and just hold the clipboard for the defensive coordinator. I just don't see that happening. But what I do see is a little bit of tear coming up into my eye. I see the, the 13 undrafted free agents. Right. If we're talking about 1981, that would be myself. Michael Downs would be in that category. God, just a whole bunch of guys. So a couple of guys from Ohio State back in 1981. And a couple you know. more kind of on their way in 83, right, with uh, Bill Bates and Mark Yeah, just think about that, man. I mean, yeah. right now we're just looking at them as just, you know, insignificant individuals. You know, next thing you know, you might see, a, like you said, a Bill Bates in there, Everson Walls, Michael Downs, Mark Tuanay. I mean, do you think we have one? Well, and it's going to be difficult because when you had 11 draft choices, yes. you're going to have to really miss uh, for one of those guys or two of them to be able to uh, make the team and not knowing what the OTAs are going to look like, like how much of an opportunity are you really going to have uh, to uh, go out there and show what you can do. Right. Um, and at this point, you know, and what if they – say, oh, we're doing OTAs virtually, Yeah. then you really don't You're have much trouble. of a chance You're to uh, be able to uh, make the team. And, you know, who knows where the preseason's going to go. So that stuff is still up in the air. Uh, but I have to say, if I were to come in as a free agent under these circumstances and it was still the Tom Landry Dallas Cowboys with the same flex defense, I still think I would have gotten it. I don't, yeah. about, I don't know about made the team, right? But I still think I would have gotten it here in regards to what to do, regardless of how few practices we've had. You know, what kind of reps would I would get? I still think I could, I could get it because those couple of times, uh, Gene Stallings threw us in the fire. I mean, like during preseason in a ball game. I, I remember when Randy Hughes went down, and I had to come in in the red zone. And we're talking about playing 33x in the red zone, and I just had to go for it. You know what I mean? You couldn't, you couldn't think at the time. You had to know. And and you know the other safety wasn't looking at me. He's a veteran. I'm a rookie. You know they don't hear rookies back there. I'm like, hey, what? Well, no, they don't want to hear it. I'm here. You should have studied. And just so happened, I got it right. So when you got here as an undrafted free agent. Did you start counting the numbers of the veterans and going, okay, I'm going to have to beat somebody out to be able to Didn't do this? Didn't start doing that until we got to camp. 
All right. And and then that's when the veterans got there. So our two weeks were up. Nobody's counting anything right now. It was 25 rookies. Okay, it was 25 rookies. <laughs> so nobody's counting anything but 25 right now. You got you have to find your place in line just to go through the drill. There were some guys didn't even make it through drills almost all day because there was so many of us stacked up. So you didn't count veterans at that time. But when they came there two weeks later, which is the way we used to do it, veterans came in two weeks after the rookies were all worn out, nappy-headed, uh, tans, I mean, breath stinking. I mean, we were just horrible by the time the veterans got there. They come in looking all pretty. And then that's when we started to count. We saw Aaron Mitchell. We saw Steve Wilson. You know, we saw Wade Manning. You know, these are guys that for some reason, I guess if you look at the Cowboys then as now, wasn't much put into the secondary. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't much put into it. As much as it was an extremely complicated defense, the flex defense, four defensive backs, they just didn't didn't put much money into defensive backs. You had Charlie was still there. You had Cliff was just had just left. Cliff Harris had just left, Hall of Famer. Uh, Dennis Thurman was being moved over to corner. I mean, we were just a hodgepodge. I would say less potential than they have for the Cowboys secondary right now. So with you and Downs making it in the secondary, who didn't make it? Like you cost somebody. When we start counting numbers, yeah. Uh it was gonna be between Steve Wilson and Aaron Mitchell. Those two guys. Those two guys. Because Benny Barnes is a veteran, he's gonna stay. Uh Benny was was uh until Bill Bates got there, Benny was integral in our in our plan still. Of course, Charlie was still our starter. Dexter Klinkscale being a very close you could have just said Dexter or or Charlie, but you know, Charlie because of the, the, the experience. And so we're sitting in the meeting room. The numbers have been figured out through all the defensive backs. And so we say, okay, one person has to go. We step into the meeting room. All of us are still there. That one person has not gone. The number's still the same. By the time the meeting started, someone had tapped Aaron Mitchell on his shoulder and told him he was going to Tampa Bay. Oh, and so that that's was, how it was a happened. trade. And we that came opened the spot into for the meeting. you. Yes. Well, or well, me or, or Ron yeah. Fellow. Mike Downs was all 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 the way in. He right. was he was in yeah, the Fellows was a draft choice. Fellows was a draft choice, seventh round, seven B, if I'm not mistaken. University of Missouri. That's <laughs> true. University of Missouri. Wide receiver though. <laughs> Wide receiver. He came in. It was seven A, seven B. He and uh Ken Miller. Ken Miller from Michigan State. Uh-huh. Fellows was 7B, if I'm not mistaken. I may have it mixed up. And uh, Fellows, it was between Fellows and myself, really, on who would have been able to go. I had three interceptions in the preseason, but I wasn't drafted. So what kind of weight does that give me? You Mm -hmm. understand? So that's what we didn't understand. Was Aaron Mitchell going to be the guy that stuck on? And was I going to be the guy that was out of there? So I think it was between Mitch, myself, and Ron Fellows on who would have been that third person. When they found a place for Mitch to go, then all of a sudden, we're looking around, Mitch is gone, and everybody's kind of, well, the young guys are kind of exhaling, especially me and Ron Fellows. So that's how that went. So I, are we going to find a, a Michael Downs in this free agent, these, these undrafted free agents? And the other question I have, Spags, when you're looking at just how bad our defense was and looking at how we attacked the defense in the draft, and free agency, by the way, with all the safeties they signed. In free agency. Yeah. Yes, of course, the new guys from Atlanta, those guys. How many 
I see more people making the team than we think. I mean, you talk about draft choices. How many do you usually make the team in the, in the draft? You know, I, I'm thinking if you got 11, if you get seven to make the team mm-hmm. and not counting the practice squad. That's above and beyond. You've probably done well, right? Mm. So, yeah, not everybody is going to make it. Uh, the last guy drafted probably, you know, I don't think he should go out and spend his <laughs> signing bonus just yet. Here's my list here. Hold uh, on, I have it here uh, too. Matt Farniok. Far- Far- mm-hmm. Yeah, he ought to be careful. The safety, <laughs> Israel. Although they kind of liked the, he was a corner, uh, Mukamu, Mukamu, Mukamu. Mm. Uh, yeah, you better be careful there. Uh, and but I could see one, two, you three. You gotta have a little rhythm four, with it. Mukamu, five, Mukamu was probably high. I six. could see seven, and I think you know Nashon Wright. Yeah. We'll see, yeah. right? Uh, wasn't thought of highly by other teams in the draft. The Cowboys did. So well, he's so yeah, slight, man. I think, I think the key thing of all this is is going to be the competition. Because if you if you look at it, you know they, they ended up uh, drafting uh, three defensive linemen, but they signed three veterans in free agency: uh, Basham, uh, Carlos Watkins, and Brett Irv- Urban. So you know there's three guys right there. Uh, they limited the con- the competition with releasing uh, Antoine Woods. Uh, yeah. last week, which, you know, it, it was too bad. I don't know if he was pricing himself out. Now, he was a restricted free agent. Mm-hmm. He was going to count $2.1 million. Uh, but I think they were a little worried about – I don't know if they gave him an offer, like, to get a two-year deal mm-hmm. and then lower his base salary for this year and give him a little upfront money, or if it was just the fact that he just didn't fit into the defensive tackle uh, position that Quinn envisions with a 330-pound sixth-round draft choice that they brought in, right? I, I got to say, um, coming from this defense, no matter how well you might think you have played, considering all the circumstances, I can't see many of our free agents or veterans getting much love from other teams across the league. I mean, oh, you mean to if you're going to cut somebody yeah, to be able if to I'm, trade if him? If I'm Woods, if although I'm, I just see Woods was going to visit the Colts. I mean, he he would really, and you know, we saw how well he played. I yeah, mean, we saw th- that he did as well as he could under the circumstances. Does everyone else see that? Does the does the rest of the league see that? I mean, if I'm if I'm a, a, a GM or if I'm type of scout, and I'm looking at the Cowboys having the worst run defense in the history of the franchise. This past season, why would I go after somebody from our defensive line or linebackers? Why would I go after somebody that we just released or was just, you know, well, not resigned? It, it, in, in his defense, when he finally got to start those last seven games, mm-hmm. they played a little bit better. The do, you, position, do, you think, do you think the other teams the position, see that, though? The position played better. Let's put it that way. Do you think the other way. teams actually – are they going to? Or they de- might they say, well, delve in there deep enough." Don Terry Poe, <laughs> Don Terry Poe was so bad that right. me and you could have gone in and played right. better. Uh, well, a little insider trading there. So the Colts' defensive coordinator is Matt Eberflus, okay. who had been the Cowboys' right. 
with the Cowboys under uh, Rod Marinelli. Mm -hmm. So maybe he mm -hmm. asked Rod, hey, what about this guy? You know, we're looking for a kind of a run-stopping nose tackle. Uh, so maybe so they're get probably some looking at this season. Trading. They're looking at this season as a, an exception, right? You know, to the rule, and they're saying, okay, let's go back to what we liked about Woods in the beginning, right? They, they'll probably go back to their previous notes. Forget this past season, right? This was an, uh, an aberration. Let's see what we what we thought about him before this past season. That has to be the, the thought process. Right. And, and and like I said, so this is going to be interesting with all the competition. And and think about it. They also had uh, five defensive starters uh, in that final game that aren't here anymore, mm -mm. right? So you, you lose uh, Chidabe Awuzie, Xavier Woods, Tyrone Crawford, Sean Lee, uh, and Alden Smith. Alden Smith. So those guys, uh, basically, uh, and oh, this Anku guy, they uh, they had six guys that totaled forty percent of the snaps on defense. So there's going to be some openings. You know, and see, that's what do I mean we assume by... <laughs> Kelvin Kelvin Joseph is a walk-in starter at corner? I don't know. Uh, Oso, Osa Odigizua. Odigizua. Yeah, you know, but you got Tyron uh, Tristan Hill coming back. Mm -hmm. Neville Gallimore played well. Mm -hmm. So I think there's just going to be some really good uh, competition. Uh, and depth. And depth. And, and, possible, and maybe a little bit depth. depth. Yeah, yeah. And, and a little bit more size. So if you look at the draft choices, uh, I mean, the only walk-in starter for sure is Micah Parsons. And boy, he better start. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not jinx this. Yeah, you know, just have a, a drama-free training camp. You know, and that? and I did a little bit more, and we'll get into this at some point. And you know, maybe next week after we actually see him out here. But what a stud athlete he was in high school. He didn't just play football. You know, eighth grade, you said. Eighth Bill, grade. Bill said he and, and he uh, and then when he he got to uh, Harris Harrisburg High, he he transferred from another school. Uh, they went to the state championship his junior year. He was the star running back, not only the star running back, but the star defensive end. He looked huge, right? He looked huge. And as soon as and as soon as uh, the football season was over. He was starting on the basketball team. And then he ran track. <laughs> he was running the 100 meters at 220 pounds. Looking like Metcalf out yes, there, right? Yes, <laughs> yeah. Who, by the way, found out that uh, football speed and track speed may totally be a little different, different yeah. right? That lets you know how good Willie Galt and Ron Brown was, how right? fast they were. They ended up being on a world championship 4 by 100 meter relay team. Yeah. And Metcalf can't touch them. He ran a he ran in that in that uh, meet, the uh, USA track and field golden games and distance open. Uh, he ran a 10-3-7, right? Yeah. So he was last in, in his, his heat, heat. Just in his heat And alone. he was 15 of 17 guys that ran the 100. So for him to qualify for the U.S. Uh, trials, Olympic trials, uh, he needed to run a 10.05, and he is 10.37. Let's think about the guys that we know that were fast. We just talked about Ron Brown, Rams, Willie Galt. Bears, Tony Dorsett. Yes, 
Tony Dorsett could have hung in that race. I bet he could have. He could have hung. I in wonder that. if Dion would have. Dion could have. Yeah, you know, I and, know. And sure. also Chris Johnson from uh, Tennessee, right? Running back. You know, and I saw I I, I saw the video of Metcalf's hundred, and he I was good it. for fifty it. yards. Yeah. <laughs> and then the guys start pulling away a little bit. Well, right? I just let you know how fast those guys were, how yeah. fast Dorsett was, Chris Johnson. I'll tell you one, the the, the, the most impressive thing I saw in 100 uh, in in track trials in 88 and the Olympics was uh, Florence Joyner Griffin. Yeah, Flo Jo. Flo Jo. Mm-hmm. She had the she one, was, leg, one leg, uh, one tight leg, and, yeah. and, and one negative she, leg. She, at, at, at 60 or 70 meters, she was still accelerating. Most people, you know, after 50 or 60, you're probably not at top speed mm-hmm, anymore. Mm-hmm. No, she was getting faster. I had to learn something uh, from, of all people, Herschel Walker. I never listened to him, but first, I must have overheard it. I hear he wants a run for governor. <laughs> yeah, he, he needs to just go back and run for it. <laughs> but uh, he, he told me something that was interesting. He said track is about not about who's the fastest necessarily. Uh, how, how did he put it? He said it wasn't just about racing the opponent and being faster than him. You don't – it's who slows down the – Soonest, right? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Because it's not a, it's like you just talked about top end speed. We all come out a certain way, but how long can you maintain that pace? Right, right. And so most, of course, slow down at the end. So that's he, he, that was very interesting on how he said it, and it made me look at track a totally different way. It's not about how fast you accelerate through the line; it's about who slows. You know, who doesn't slow down. You know what I mean? That's, Who that's, can maintain? That's my lasting memory from the 100-meter championship race in 88 in the Olympics when Ben Johnson yes. beat Carl Lewis. Yes. And I'm sitting there watching it, and I had a really good media seat. I was like in the middle of the 100 meters. And Ben Johnson's going, right? Carl Lewis is motoring, but all of a sudden Carl Lewis is like this. <laughs> He's, he's looking. He ain't getting any closer. No. He's looking. And the third time he looked with like 10 meters to go, and he can't believe he's getting no, beat. No, right? you can see the look on his face as yeah. he's running. He yeah. looks perturbed. Like, how is this happening? How am I not catching this he guy? He knew something was wrong. And then He and, knew something and was then wrong. afterwards, <laughs> we knew something was wrong because a- after the race, the pl- the the runners would go into the locker room. They would do their testing, and we would sit in this demilitarized zone, and they would walk back out for interviews. Well, we waited and waited and waited for Ben Johnson, and he finally came out after a long time. And we were all sitting there going, oh, mm-hmm. "Something's I wrong." I don't know. And yeah, then we they find tested out him right away. He tested positive. <laughs> they for tested steroids. him right away. <laughs> yeah. You know, when a guy wins like that, you're like, just come here, son. No, come here. We have a test for you right here. And I, but let's and, remember now, uh, Johnny Lamb Jones yes. was another one that we had here. Yep. Now, that is world-class speed right there. That's not, you know, just a uh, – he wasn't – to me, he wasn't a football player. We always talk about Bob Hayes, talk about guys like Dorsett. They were football players who just happened to be fast. Right. There's a difference. Between being a track guy and trying to become trying to a football. Trying to play football. That's what Johnny Lamb tried to do. Alexander Wright. Alexander Wright is another Same one. thing. Remember the speed? Well, you were, I wasn't. You were gone. Yeah, that, I was gone. That was the next year, 90. Yeah. He was the second-round pick. 
got here late because he held out. Uh, his agent was arguing that he was a first-round pick. He got picked 28th, yeah. but that year, 28th, because the Cowboys forfeited their uh, first-round pick for the supplemental draft. Mm-hmm. So there was only 27, and his agents were arguing, no, he's got to make first-round money. He was the 28th right. pick. And they're going, sorry, <laughs> it says 27 here. He's the first. And uh, he had all the speed in the world, but he just couldn't master playing wide receiver. And see, that's the difference. Uh, I remember uh, Jake Gaither talking about uh, Bob Hayes. You know, he said, look, guys, just because he's fast, that doesn't mean he's a track guy. He is a football player that runs fast. And the difference is the muscles in the legs. When you look at track guys, they always run straight ahead. Everything's just straight ahead. But when you're talking about a football player, you're talking lateral movement and talking about burst, quick burst and going straight ahead. Here's a quick funny story for you, and we'll go to break. Um, Washington, the track star – he played for the Oakland A's. Oh, I can't think of his first name. And he basically was – they basically brought him in to be a, a pinch runner. And, and I remember uh, one time he got to first base. He was playing the White Sox, and Dick Allen was the first baseman, and he was a big horse racing fan. And so <laughs> Washington gets to first base. They throw over to, you know, keep him close – he takes the ball and he rubs it down the back of his calf. And somebody asked him afterward, what are you doing? He goes, well, you know, when, when I check out horses that are racing, I, I check out their legs. I was going to see how strong that calf muscle was. That's old school stuff yeah. right there, man. And he, he, he just he couldn't master hitting. He just couldn't do it. So, But they kept him as – it was like the DH runner, you know, designate, DR, designated runner. When, 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 we, when we come back, I want to uh, – you know, pick your brain on who like the, the greatest athletes. All right, and 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 the other thing we're gonna come back is we see the the offensive linemen out there uh, doing their guys. strength and conditioning. I saw them, yeah. And it made me think about this offense coming up uh, this year for uh, the Dallas Cowboys as we'll continue here in a moment with mix shots. Honey, big news. Gary, are you okay? Oh, I'm not Gary anymore. I'm Jackie Flash. What? See, I want the latest smartphone, but the best deals are only for new customers. So to get a new customer deal, I changed my name to Jackie Flash. Okay, but the best smartphone deals at AT AT&T are for everyone, new and existing customers. That's huge. Then guess who's getting a deal? Is it Jackie Flash? Jackie Flash. It's not complicated. At AT AT&T, our best smartphone deals are for everyone. Restrictions apply. Visit att.com for details. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. 
Just like all of you, we at Seeky can't wait until we're back in the stands at full strength cheering on the Cowboys and singing along to our favorite songs again. We're using this time to make discovering, buying, and selling tickets to events in Dallas easier. Plus, every ticket purchased on SeatGeek is protected by our buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back or better if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. Download the SeatGeek app today, and when the time is right, let's go. SeatGeek. Back, back to mixed shots. The NFL will release the full season schedule this Wednesday. Don't miss the schedule release show live on the NFL Network at 7 p.m. Central for an in-depth analysis of the matchups. Be one of the first to get the schedule by signing up for Cowboys event and ticket notifications at DallasCowboys.com slash subscribe. And I'll guarantee you that we'll have that schedule up as soon as 7 p.m. Central hits. It'll be up on the DallasCowboys.com and it's always a uh, a good day to find out you can start planning out the rest of your life for the for the year for some of us, knowing what games are when, and uh, soon we'll find out if we're going to games or if we're not going to games. And uh, it's always an exciting day to see that uh, 2021 schedule. And it's saying exciting here on Mix Shots, we're excited to welcome back Bill hey, Jones. Hey, William. <laughs> I said, did yeah, you, did you hear me strugg- say? I had some struggles. I said, Bill must have been burning some rubber with his tires, and he wore them out. I, I did hear you say that. Actually, there's, you know, uh, as a result of the power outage in North Texas back in February, there are a lot of houses that are basically having to be reconstructed because of damage. And one of them is my next door neighbor's house. Oh, Fortunately, no. it's not my house, but the next door neighbor's. Uh, last week, my wife had a nail in her tire, and today I found a nail. And so I'm going to blame wow. it on the construction next door. That, that's but true. I'm on my no, way out true. there, and I actually left the house early, okay? I'm going to get there early. I'm going to show up 45 minutes in advance, okay? Mickey's going to be so proud of me. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, I'm driving down the road about 15 minutes from my house, and alarms go off in my truck. <laughs> I got a something wrong with a tire. Oh and my! So I stopped off at. Fortunately, I was like two blocks away from a discount tire, and so I couldn't figure out what was wrong with it. But they could. There was a nail in my tire, and so now I returned to the house, and I actually listened to the first segment of the show, and uh, I quickly got on because uh, I was afraid I was going to lose my job. <laughs> Because you were doing so well yeah, in that first right. segment. So was this? So the the house <laughs> and, being fixed is that the house of the neighbor who fell in the pool? Uh, no, that's the other side. Oh, that's, that's the, the other side. side. What a neighborhood! I have to visit your neighborhood one of these days, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Just ride around and see what's going on. <laughs> we'll, we'll let the guard gate know that you're coming. No, don't oh, let him know. He joke. might hurt himself. <laughs> <laughs> so since we, we'll I, see if we can let you on. And Bill, I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you take over here. I'll just set us up with this. Since we mentioned the schedule, uh, I thought maybe we'd take a look at. At least we know the Cowboys' opponents, and we'll find out tomorrow uh, the order of play. Uh, obviously, they have. Uh, I, I did this about a month or so ago. 
they've got 14 uh, opponents, you know, in, in, in just counting the NFC East once, uh, the, the opponents, plus the 17th game this year with New England. So it's uh, three, three opponents from the NFC East, four from the NFC South, four from the AFC West, and then the third-place finishers in the AFC North, and the, the, I mean the NFC North and the NFC West. So I went back and looked, and I was looking at all the teams they have to play, home games against the three NFC East teams plus Arizona Cardinals, Atlanta, Carolina, Denver, and the uh, Raiders, and then the away games against Kansas City, the Chargers, Minnesota, New England, New Orleans, and Tampa Bay. I circled the Los Angeles Chargers as maybe that's the Cowboys' opener to open up SoFi Stadium mm. for a football game? What do you think? Or if you have a better guess on who you think the Cowboys would open up you mean You mean with you're assuming there will be fans in the stands to so open up SoFi Stadium yes. with fans in the yes. stands? Yes, As Absolutely. opposed to last year. Yes, right. Um... You know, that could be one. And, you know, I, I penciled in uh, the Rams as the uh, what would be the Cowboys' second preseason game at SoFi Stadium uh, this year because, of course, they're going to play in the Hall of Fame game on Thursday, August 5th, I think is the date on it. I believe in that's Canton, right. Ohio. And I thought with camp in, in Oxnard, uh, it would be uh, – it would be – and also with the Cowboys – playing and being an NFC team, only getting the eight home dates this year and nine away games, I would think they're going to give them uh, two home preseason games and just one road preseason game with the otherwise the three-game preseason schedule. Cowboys play four because they're in the Hall of Fame. So if you're breaking camp in Oxnard, you play the Rams at mm -hmm. SoFi Stadium in the what would be their second preseason game, then come home for the last two. Um, Assuming we're and, going yeah, to Oxnard. It, it, it makes, <laughs> yeah, well, if, if Jerry has his way, we're going to Oxnard, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the way it stands right now, Jerry wants to be in Oxnard, and they're making out that preseason schedule as well as the regular season schedule now. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, I think it's a good thought. Uh, you know, the other thought that's out there is, how about the Cowboys open at the, the Super Bowl champs, Tampa Bay? Mm-hmm. God, that would be interesting. Yeah, I, I would have to look at what Tampa Bay's schedule is to see who they want them opening with. They get uh, the tough schedule, right? Super Bowl winners, you get the toughest schedule. Well, you, the two teams in, in the corresponding division. So they would – no, not really because they get Washington. <laughs> okay. Because they were first place in the <laughs> NFC East, right? Well, the NFC East, you know, put that aside, you know, tough schedule. And then, and then they would get the I, – I don't know what their – corresponding division is what the other one uh, they have to play. So, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if they want a re replay of the NFC title game um, or whoever they're playing in the AFC. Uh, but obviously they'll they'll host an opener on, on With that the Aaron Rodgers uh, drama. Well, yeah, that sounds pretty good. And NFC actually, actually Tampa Bay finished second in their division, so they've got a second-place schedule. Uh, oh, it doesn't that's matter right. that they won Sorry. the Super Bowl. Because the, yeah, the Saints won that division. So, so it's the, not the postseason, so it's they just get, the regular season. So they get the Giants. 
If you say so, I don't oh, remember no. who, <laughs> what the final standings were. <laughs> you got it figured out, Mickey? <laughs> I, 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 do, I do not. It's been so long ago, I can't I know, remember. I know. <laughs> no, the, 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 no the, ta- Tampa Bay's playing Tampa Bay. Um, the Cowboys are playing the, the NFC South, right? That's right. So they're playing Washington and the Giants and the Eagles, too. Tampa Bay's playing all the NFC East teams. So Chris has their... Thank you, Chris. Chris has their... somebody to take care of business. So Tampa Bay at home, they've got (laughs) Buffalo, the Bears, Miami, and the Giants. And away, they've got, I mean, the the non-division games. They've got the Rams. Oh, the Rams. Tampa Bay versus the Rams. Um, New England uh, and Indianapolis. I okay, think well, okay, all. hold on there, Mickey. For the for the audience yeah. in general, do they go, so they'll, whoa, they'll, Tampa they'll, Bay has the Rams? Or do they say, whoa, Tampa Bay has the Cowboys? Well, that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, you're right. Or maybe they get the Bills. Now, Buffalo-Tampa Bay would be... Yeah. yeah, the the Bills in Tampa Bay would be closer to, I mean, if you're looking at teams that are projected to do something this year or a possible future Super Bowl matchup, right? as if they're going to make it, Tampa Bay's going to make it back there, which they're not. I'll, I'll, on the record, May 11th, Tampa that? Bay is not going to the Super Bowl okay. again this year. Okay? On the record. On the record. Boy, is he bold? Let me write this down. Yeah, on on the the record. He's not here. He, that's what it is. He's somewhere else. I think that's affecting his decision and his boldness. So how about this? The thing The thing I figured out with when I was looking at uh, who the Cowboys had to play, uh, I figured out of their last uh, – of their 14 opponents – the last time they've met each of those opponents, they have a five and nine record. Not surprised. So they haven't these they haven't fared very well. Uh, they beat Atlanta. So the last time they played, obviously Barely. last the, year, the miracle. They beat <laughs> the, uh, they beat Philadelphia the last time they played, and then the other teams. The last time they played and won a game was the Raiders. Believe it or not, Kansas City. And Tampa Bay. As a matter of fact, they've beaten Tampa Bay seven of the eight last meetings. Hmm. That's interesting. They've dominated them. Unfortunately, okay. the other way around with New England, um, I think they've, uh, they've lost the last six games they've wow. played to the Patriots. It's like playing against Jordan, though. You know what I mean? Your whole career is going to be affected if you were in the Jordan era. Yeah, most likely you're going you're gonna to run up against some problems. How about this? They've lost five of the last six to Arizona, the last two to Minnesota. They lost the last meeting with the Saints, and they're 3-10 and ten against the Saints since 1998. Whew. Lost the last two to Carolina, last six to Denver, last three to the Chargers, and the last six to New England. When did they win? I don't know. So... In division, <laughs> we, we only win in division games. That's it. So, Mickey, even before the schedule comes out, you ready to predict a Cowboys <laughs> yeah, record right. for this year? Just looking at the history. Please, that's you not know, do it based you know, the way on I look at it. Good thing history doesn't decide. <laughs> yeah, right? Well, 
here's the way I look at it every year. When the when we already know now that the teams have been put together, trades have been made for the most part. Whatever we we kind of know who the quarterbacks are going to be for all the teams the Cowboys play. So you look in the division, and you got Daniel Jones with the Giants. You got Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, with Washington, and you got Jalen Hurts with Philadelphia. Okay. That's a manageable uh, schedule right there for the Cowboys. Okay. All right, let's look at the NFC NFC South. Whoever New Orleans is going, whoever is going to win that battle in New Orleans, Taysom Hill or uh, Jameis Winston is your quarterback in New Orleans. All right, Tampa, you got Tom Brady. Carolina, you've got Sam Darnold, who is unbeaten against the Cowboys in his career, right? <laughs> and then you got Matt Ryan in Atlanta. All right. And then you look at Arizona, Kyler Murray. He won here last year. Uh, And uh, Kirk Cousins at Minnesota. And that's a road game at Minnesota, I believe, as well. Then New England, it's whoever wins that battle between Cam Newton. And it depends on when it is in the schedule as well. Cam Newton might be the starter at the beginning of the year. Mac Jones might be the starter towards the end of the year. Or it could be Jared Stidham. And then you go to the AFC West. And you've got uh, Herbert with uh, the Chargers, right. Carr with the Raiders, Drew Locke you've got or Mahomes, Bridgewater, of course, with Kansas City, and then you've got Aaron Rodgers with Denver. So there you have it. Oh, Aaron Rodgers with, with Denver. Denver, very I cute. Heard that. Yeah, I got that. <laughs> they say he's not going anywhere, Bill. I say oh, this. Okay. I say right. this. Forget the freaking quarterbacks. You you starting to make me mad again, Bill. <laughs> you know, you always bring up these quarterbacks and their relationship and how that's just going to de- depict every success that these teams have. You better start looking at that defense in Tampa, see how well they're going to play this year. Let's see if they can carry this team all the way, just like they did last time from the NFC Championship game into the Super Bowl by just controlling that entire narrative the entire season. How will Aaron Rodgers play if he plays with Green Bay? Will that defense be able to show up and and support him? He's upset about so many things. He needs to be upset with his defense not being able to hold it down. You know, that to me, that really has so much to do with the success. And Tampa Bay showed that last year, as much as I was getting on y'all's case during the season about talking about Brady and Rodgers and all these guys. Todd Bowles was the hero of that Tampa Bay team. His coaching staff and his defensive personnel, they made the difference in the entire NFL. And they you could see it. They were improving week by week, game by game. And by the time the playoffs started, they were a well-oiled defensive team. I just hope the Cowboys can be just in that same neighborhood because we are going to need, as we know, our defense this entire upcoming season. And it sure helped uh, Tampa Bay that uh, that uh, Kansas City was without Eric Fisher, their starting tackle. Mm-hmm. Schwartz, uh, who was a starting guard, moved the tackle. And uh, I see where the Colts just signed Eric Fisher for one year. I saw that. $9.4 million <laughs> for a guy coming off of a ruptured Achilles in mid to late January before the Super Bowl. That's a great one-year contract, isn't it? Yeah. Man. Usually you're going to come in, you know, well, we you just prove it to us first, and then we'll go from there. Well, they 
They seem to like his one-year uh, Gosh, potential. I'm, I'm coming off a torn Achilles, and I don't think I got quite that much. <laughs> go talk to Jerry, man. Make him understand where you're at. Exactly. Bill, should we hit the, okay, the break make, here, or do you, want, you got another topic you want to hit before yeah, we, we take Yeah, we break? need to go to a break, but I've got something on Twitter here I want to ask you about. because I didn't hear this in the first segment. Clarence Yee is asking on Twitter, and you can tweet at me, at CBS11BillJones, if you got any questions for Everson or Mickey. All right, did you mention Claudel Washington in the first segment? I was no. trying to think of his first name. I mentioned Washington, and I couldn't remember Claudel. Yes, I did. Uh, no, no. Uh, uh, okay, well, he says, you're talking about Claudel Washington. I remember him from his Braves days when our cable provider in Saskatchewan <laughs> finally picked up TBS <laughs> in the 80s. Wide receiver speed, Tyreek Hills, high school, 200-meter time, 20.14. Got him sixth at the Rio Olympic finals. Claudel, why, why weren't you talking about Claudel Washington? <laughs> what were you talking about? Everson brought up, we were talking about football speed versus track speed. And we brought up, oh, oh, oh. And we brought up DK Metcalf. No, it wasn't Metcalf. Claudel. No, it wasn't Claudel Washington. That was Herb Washington. Herb Washington. Who was the yes. pinch runner. For he the was, A's. Yeah. The, yeah. Charlie, yeah. Charlie Finley with the A's in the 70s. Right. Herb Washington was an Olympic sprinter, and they signed him just to try to steal bases. But uh, Claudel was a great player for Oakland. In fact, Cla- you remember Everson? You remember Claudel Washington? I don't baseball really. Player? I don't really, Bill. And I watched a lot of he, baseball, but the A's had a lot of great players. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, and he had a short time with the Rangers. Claudel had the broadest shoulders I think I've ever <laughs> seen on a baseball field. Yeah, it I was mean, Herb. He was, it he was, was Herb Washington. Probably, that's right. Yeah, was the pinch runner. So anyway, yeah. all and, right, and, we and digress. He, but uh, he was the pinch runner. We were talking about the difference in speed, and Everson said, "Yeah, I always looked at sprinters' legs compared to football legs mm-hmm. on the speed." And I said, "I told the story of him being on first base against the White Sox when he played with the A's, and they threw over and." And Dick Allen took the ball and rubbed it down his calf to see what his calf muscle was like for a guy that fast. It was pretty funny. Were the were the White Sox playing in their shorts that game? Uh, I don't believe they this were. Is way back in the day. But yeah, it would have been in the. It would have been that, in, that in era. The they they seventies. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they were they were played some games with shorts on. Yep. Back in the 70s. We continue continue with more mixed shots in just a moment. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay? Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough as nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. Hi, I'm Clint Tillerson with United Ag and Turf. 
When there's work to be done, a real workhorse can make all the difference. Like the Range Boss Package. Our 5075E John Deere 75 horsepower tractor features a bell spear and loader and starts at $369 per month. And the price you see is the price you'll pay. No surprises. It works like a horse, so you don't have to. Visit UnitedAgandTurf.com. Offer ends February 1st, 2021. Restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Now, let's get to work. Want to use what the pros use? How about the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys? Jack Black. Right now, you can get the Jack Black Starter, a curated collection of Cowboys locker room favorites for just 10 bucks with free shipping. The starter includes four Jack Black skincare favorites plus a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Go to getjackblack.com slash cowboys and use the code word TEAMJB. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys. The Jack Black Starter. 10 bucks, free shipping. Back, 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 back to mixed shots. Don't miss your chance to see the Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited number of single-game tickets will go on sale Wednesday, May 12th at 7 p.m. I believe that's tomorrow. Hmm. Central. Following the release of the 2021 NFL schedule, get details at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Hey, Bill. All right, and it's 7 o'clock. Seven o'clock tomorrow night, the schedule release. Right. Yes, Everson. You know, I, I always uh, uh, your voice is truly missed on some of these readings after, especially after <laughs> Mickey reads them. You know, it's just you know the Stop. Diff- the difference is just just vast, right? So then I start thinking about guys with, with silky voices like yours. I always think about somebody like a Mike Ducey or somebody like that, right? And Mike uh-huh. Ducey can sing. Yeah. Mike has a, a great singing voice. He he always acts like he doesn't want to sing, but then uh-huh. he just all you gotta do is just prod him a little bit, and next thing you know, he's Frank Sinatra or somebody. And so I was wondering, with your silky voice, do you have a great singing voice? Is that is that you know, the norm? Like is that the norm for TV now? announcers to have a great singing voice? Is that it? Is that how it goes? I, you know, I like to think I have a great singing voice. Interesting. My wife would uh, beg to differ. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> I know Dale Hansen doesn't have a great Maybe. singing voice. He just doesn't. He just no. he's not that dude. But guys like yourself, Ducey, you know, it seems like you guys, you know, I know Ducey can can blow. Ducey can blow. Can you blow? I know. Yeah, well, yeah, I know. I, I've heard him, uh, you know, at uh, ticket events. He's he he has sung publicly, and so he's got a lot of talent uh, mm-hmm. singing. Maybe I will debut my singing voice one of these weeks on mix shots. We we'll have to do it on mix shots. Yeah, I'll, I'll defer to both of you guys. <laughs> yeah, I know I ain't singing. No, I am not. I can't even dance, Bill. So I'm sure you could dance better than me. So, no, I just figured uh, no it way. came with the territory, you know. The, sh- the shower is scared of me singing. <laughs> <laughs> just a question, Bill. Just All right, Mickey, what else? So, Bill. We got, t- we got 10 minutes yeah, left. I was going to do this. We, we've talked about the, the defense, how it needs to improve, and all the defensive guys they've brought in. So, the other day, uh, and, it, and it's kind of happening right now, uh, with the strength and conditioning going on, I, I look out on the field and I see Dak running normally, right? Really being able to run. I see Lale Collins running. 
uh, last week with his shirt off. It was the greatest 310 pounds you've ever seen with Tyron Smith running following his surgery along with Lale's surgery. Zach Martin was out there, uh, and, and, and Tyler Biotish was out there. So that's four-fifths of the Cowboys' offensive line uh, that at some point last year was missing. Those the, the, the five starters, uh, you know, those four guys out of the five only started 16 of the 64 games. Mm. And, and Martin started 10 of those. Yet the Cowboys ended up gaining 5,949 yards, 371 a game. They finished 14th in the NFL in offense. I figured out that was the seventh most total yards in the last 37 seasons of Cowboys football. Hmm. Seven. Seventh with that many guys missing on the offensive line. Then throw in Dak only starting five games. Jarwin starting one game. All six of those guys were back on the field working and running well. So I'm thinking if you just look at what they have coming back, adding to the guys that did what they did last year, uh, managing uh, to gain that many yards, um, they, they, this offense could be, could be prolific this year, considering they had to start four quarterbacks last year, and they sc- still scored 30 points eight times uh, last season, winning six games. So uh, it just dawned on me looking at that. With those guys coming back and what this offense did last year, basically without the majority of them, uh, they could be pretty darn good this year, health permitting. Well, uh, when, when, you look at, when you look at last year, Spags, a lot of those yards, what, the first four games, that was out of necessity. Because we were always coming from behind. But they were coming. But they were coming. No, they were able to come. That, no doubt about that. I am hoping we don't have the need for, <laughs> for, to score those many points. Maybe I run the ball. To, yeah, I don't want to have to score those many points because it, every time we did that, it brought us out of our game plan. And so, when, when, when Dak uh, was hurt, I mean, his stats took us, I think, by week eight – they, we were still like the top five passing team they were. in the league simply because of what he did in those first four games. And I think they finished pretty high in, the, in, in passing, uh, as I will look it up here real quickly. And it, really, it really showed us up, you know, when it came down to it. They finished eighth overall throwing with four quarterbacks starting two of those starting their first NFL games. Yeah. And – and, and so when I, the other thing I looked at, those six starters that I mentioned only started 22 of a possible 96 games, and they still put up that many yards. So, uh, and I'll tell you what, Tyron Smith looked really good out there. Did he? I'm telling you, it was the best <laughs> 310 pounds you've ever seen. Oh, I hope you're right, Spags. Oh, my goodness. And so they were out there today uh, working. And, 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 and the other thing we got to remember is, you know, Connor Williams, I guess, is considered the weak link. But he was coming off ACL surgery, yeah. right? And he started all 16 games. Interesting. So, Because uh, I know I was one of those guys that was definitely on this case. So when you look at the offense, the only two things I think that need to be figured out is who's the backup quarterback 
And who's the backup swing tackle? Now, they signed the veteran Ty Naseki. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's 35 going on 36. He's been playing for a long time and not all in the NFL. Uh, And and so they've got to figure that one out. They did draft Josh Ball, who might be able to be good enough to challenge him for that backup job. And then the guys that got experience last year, Brandon Knight, Terrence Steele, we'll see where that goes. Uh, But really, offensively... Tyron is probably... There's no doubt our most important offensive yes, lineman. Yes, period. Absolutely. Period. And talking to Mike uh, McCarthy after one of the draft day press conference, he was just ecstatic with the progress that Lael Collins and Tyron Smith have made since their surgeries. Yeah. Zach Martin's fine. Uh, Tyler Biotish is fine. Uh, so that could make a huge difference on what this offense is able to do and maybe be able to run the ball a little bit more consistently instead of having backup undrafted free agents starting at the tackle position. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about, uh, you know, Dak's leg. I, I really am. I'm not going to lie about that. Uh, I was hoping that we don't depend on him as much. Yes, we paid him a whole lot more money than he made last year, and we depended on him a whole lot in previous seasons. But I, I was hoping that this running game can really I was hope I was hoping he could be a complement to our running game. And I know that's saying a lot for somebody that just got the just got the bank rolled out. But I, I, I would think that we'd be smart not to put too much pressure on him right away. Well I'm talking about that. And you guys, if you think about it, the the surgery he had, the injury was the same surgery that um, Hearns had at the end of that season. I think it was the 2018 season, and he came back in 2019, went through training camp. They ended up releasing him, but then he ended up playing these last two years, I believe, for the Dolphins yeah. and played well. So, um, you know, they, the medical people think Dak will be just fine. But again, yeah, you don't want to have to rely on him right. as much as they did last year in those first four and, what, three-quarters games? Zeke Elliott has to be that leader that we've always wanted him to be coming in. That means and he looks good out there. He not looks like pressing, he, he not looks pressing like he's too lost, much. Looks like he's lost weight. Uh, maybe he doesn't feel so desperate to gain that extra yard yeah. or two and get careless with the football. That's what I'm talking about right and, there. And the other thing we need to remember, now that we've seen this for almost a year, he was coming off COVID in the summer, too. Yeah. So who knows what that might have done to oh, his those physical effects status, are crazy. right? Yeah. All right, Bill, I think I took up the whole right. time. <laughs> well, Mick, I got a question for you, Mickey, about the offensive line. Yes. Who's the backup center? What happens if Tyler Biotish goes down with an injury? Who's, your, who's, who's lining up as the backup center, even as they start uh, off-season OTAs and stuff, assuming they have my, it? My guess is they're going to ask uh, Connor McGovern, to put his hand on the ball. Uh, and then I believe, I'm trying to remember, I, I, I saw this. I think Ty Naseki has played every position on the offensive line. I don't know that you want him to play. He doesn't look like he's built to play center. Uh, he's, he's like 6'8". I know. Yes. <laughs> Most centers are not 6'8". That's why I said he's not built to play center. Pounds. Yeah. 
It'd be the first six eight center in NFL history. Hey, his, his, um, his butt well, will come up I mean, to Dak's chest. There'll be a lot Obviously, of space Joe to hike right. the ball. His butt will come up to Dak's chest. <laughs> Dak wouldn't have to lean over to get the ball. He'd just, you know, be right there. And you know what? They they can, you know, Joe Looney's still out there if they need to go that route. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. What I was thinking Joe, and that's I was looking at. There, well, and I was looking at even their undrafted guys, and I'm not as familiar. I need to research them, but they don't have a an, a center, you know, someone that that I'm aware of who has a much experience snapping the ball, uh, even among their backups. They've 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 focused so much on trying to get that swing tackle. Yeah, and and it's still early. I mean, it's only May 11th right now, and so. They've got time, and, and like you said, they got Looney out there uh, as, you know, and then Looney factors in as far as uh, salary cap. Even now, uh, they're up against it, and so they've got to. They may have to sort some things out. Uh, but um, I think it's interesting that because that's that's one thing that the uh, any coach is always looking at. What if this player goes down with an injury? What if that one goes down? And and, and the other thing on Connor Williams is uh, even coming into the league, there was some speculation among scouts that eventually his best position might be center in this league. And so I wouldn't be surprised, even at this offseason, if they give him some, some, uh, some reps at, at center as well, just to, just to see what they have there. But you know what? Uh, and, that was, said, case, that was said last offseason, and it, it didn't happen. He volunteered. And it didn't yeah. happen. So remember, Connor McGovern right. started at center uh, in, I believe it was 2017. Penn State, am I right? Was he at Penn State, Connor McGovern? Right, he's Penn State. He yeah. started one season. So, so McGovern's your backup center. So I'm thinking he he okay. there, if he doesn't win the starting guard job, or if even if it's up for grabs, uh, then he's your Joe Looney can swing between mm-hmm. backup guard on game day and backup center. I would imagine that's what they're looking at right now. See how that goes, and then you could always, if you don't like what it looks like, you tell Joe Looney, well, you still don't have a job for, you know, veteran uh, exception. Uh, we know we'll we'll get you one more year if you still want to play. And you know he'll play better with and better players around him because yes. last year it was all backups. Nothing was ever you know we, we never had continuity in, in any position last year. So I'm sure he might play better with a little continuity on both sides of him. Yeah, it's position. almost like we forget. Uh, Lale Collins played no games, mm-hmm. and Tyron Smith played two games. That's and huge. And we're telling Looney to come in and save us. And the guy right. that you brought in to be the backup ended up playing like five games. Right. So, yeah, that the offensive line just kind of dominated what happened up front. You know, then you're starting two quarterbacks in their first NFL oh, yeah. games oh, yeah. with that offensive line. Good that's, what, luck. that's what you call convoluted. It was very, everything was convoluted. It was crazy. <laughs> that's good. I think he played better with more experience around him and yeah. more veterans. Yeah. And the other thing that I would do with their with the number of uh, tackles that they have, who 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 don't look like on paper that they could play inside a guard, meaning Josh Ball, uh, who's a six seven guy, Terrence Steele, Brandon Knight would be a guy that uh, I would think they'll have give reps inside at guard as well, which would uh, I think it would behoove him to do that too. To add does he his, have experience there? Flexibility to make the roster too. Didn't they move him in there? You know, I've got one to look game? up. Yeah. Brandon Knight. I, yeah, I think he's. 
Yeah, he's been primarily a tackle, even in his career at Indiana. But I, you, you look at his body type, and he would be one that would be uh, more effect, more effective than some of the others probably moving inside. So that's another thing to look out for uh, as we go along. And hopefully we'll have some access uh, here in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully they'll have OTAs out there where we can come watch and, and uh, take a look at them. Well, what we should be able to look at. Are, we should be able to look at the uh, rookies uh, this weekend with the rookie Good. rookie mini camp. And that's happened. Uh, that's happened at other places around the league too. So I know the Jets. There was a uh, video of the of the Jets workout when they got their rookies together the weekend after the draft. All right. That does it for this edition of Mix Shot. So we'll have, Mickey, we will have plenty to talk about if we have an opportunity to look at these rookies over the weekend next week, don't you think? Be some great individual drills we'll get to see. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I might and, show up uh, myself, I'll Bill. be able to see. <laughs> there, you, there, you, there you go. Everson making a comeback, and uh, we'll see how he fares with those rookies as well over the weekend. <laughs> All right, that does it for Mix Shots, and we will see you again next Tuesday at 11.30 a.m. Go Cowboys! This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!